JMV here with Brian Kahn from Floors to Your Home. Fans, if you're shopping for flooring of any kind, you need to check these guys out. You're going to have the most incredible, totally hassle-free shopping experience ever. JMV, we really appreciate you saying that. That's our goal every day, to offer our customers a quick, easy, and hassle-free experience at all of our Floors to Your Home locations. Fans, it works like this. You see the product you like. It's going to be cheaper than anywhere else. That's for sure. Then you can immediately take it home with you or have it installed. That's right. No hassle, no special order. Just see it, buy it, and take it home, or have it installed. Like three rooms of hardwood, laminate, or waterproof flooring starting at just 349 and they have everything in stock. I'm doing my whole house, and believe me, this is the best shopping experience you'll ever have. Three convenient locations, Avon, Noblesville, and Brookville Road. Who gives the quickest, easiest, and most hassle-free buying experience? Floors to your home. That's who. And the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline. If that sounds busy, let me give you our next guest schedule in the upcoming next two days. Voice of the Hoosiers, Don Fisher, is with us right now. So you started last night. You have tomorrow at noon and then again on Sunday. So two hoop and one football this weekend. Well, and on Monday, too. Now, Monday, too. Yes, I'm sorry. I should have added that. I, I went ahead and put Thursday conveniently into this weekend, too, by the way. so <laughs> Well, you know, you got to do what you got to do, baby. <laughs> hey, before we get started, um, I had an extended conversation with one Buck Soar on Sunday over at Franklin Community High School in their gymnasium. Yeah, cool. Yeah. yeah, so Eric was coaching up, um, I think, his daughter in Bloomington South, and they were playing my daughter in uh, Center Grove. So that's uh, so Eric was coaching and Buck was there and uh, Fife was there because Fife's daughter was on that Bloomington South team. It was the whole hee haw gang. And you guys won. And we won. Yeah, it, it wasn't anything to write home about. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> <laughs> well, I I saw Eric and I talked to Eric and I I haven't seen Buck, but I talked to Buck last, well about a week and a half ago because he had a short he had shoulder surgery, you know. Yeah, I didn't. He did not tell me that. He did say it was still going to take a bottle of Russian vodka to get him on here. Yeah, well. He, Trust me, even that might not get it done. <laughs> yeah, you can't trust him. I'm telling you. <laughs> I know. You know what, though? I uh, he, he came up and talked. We talked for a long time, too. We were talking about, you know, because we had – there. it's interesting just to have, you know, on the Bloomington South side, you know, so many people that you knew. I, I sit on the end of the bench. I'm like an assistant coach, but I'm like the hype man. I like I do a lot of the – you know, like that. Yeah. I yell, get in the stance. I yell, hard cuts. I yell, all this stuff. But I really don't do too much coaching. So. <laughs> well, everybody's got to have a cheerleader, man. I think also my daughter would tell you I, I also occasionally yell, damn it, Laney. So. <laughs> Well, that's better than some of the things I yelled <laughs> yeah. at my kids. Trust me. <laughs> but nah, man, it was it was cool to talk with them. We talked for a little bit there between games, and uh, we'd never had a conversation before. But it was really cool. I'm glad he came up and talked. Yeah, he's a good man. Yeah, no he doubt really about is. that. Um, what did you think about last night? 89-80, giving up 80 to Wright State without their leading score. Is the defense more of a uh-oh situation or the three-point shooting search? still more what is it well i think it's a combination of the two uh primarily because uh, literally this offense uh, finally got going and put some points on the scoreboard but the defense didn't perform 
anywhere close to expectations. And uh, the, the defense against the three has just been non-existent up to this point. And I say that, you know, with a tongue-in-cheek, so to speak, but it just hasn't been very good. Um, honestly, right now, and, and they haven't shot the three any, uh, with a nickel at this point either. So, uh, But to still, to get the 89 points, that's that's pretty good. It's just a problem right now with defense, and, and they're still not a cohesive unit, if you know what I mean, especially at the defensive end where communication is such a critical thing. And Mike talked about that before the ball game at our pregame show uh, Thursday evening, and I can't conceive that he was very pleased with what he saw out there from the communication standpoint on the defensive end of the floor because it just didn't happen for him again. Yeah, and they they looked, I thought, often last night defensively as discombobulated as we've seen them look so far. Just lack of communication. You know, two dudes in one spot, no dudes in another. I mean, really, stuff that that seems to me, Don, that is very fixable, but um, it it doesn't seem like – it seems like they're far away from that fix right now, I guess. Yeah, I mean, uh, we haven't seen any evidence that uh, that that this thing is is picking up steam in regard to to the communication aspect of it. And honestly, uh, the, the amount of points they're scoring, they're most they're getting most of it inside. That's a big thing. That's a good thing. Uh, Khalil Ware has looked really good in all of his appearances thus far. And Baco finally got going a little bit last night, but he still hasn't uh, uncorked his three-point shot on a consistent basis. We think that's going to happen. Um, but again, from a defensive perspective, uh, you cannot give up three-point shots like they're giving up. And part of it's they're overhelping. That's why they're not in the right spots. They're overhelping sometimes. Uh, and Eric has talked about that a lot here in the last two ball games. And they've got to start. They've got to be able to take care of their own business and not try to help somebody else unless it's called for. You know what I'm. You know what I mean by that. So, sure. uh, honestly, at this juncture, it's still very much a work in progress. And I, I don't think that progress is going to go as quickly, maybe as we hope. But at the same time, um, it's going to be made. Uh, Mike is going to make sure of that, and and we'll just see how long it does actually take. Has Malik Renu been in his second year there as consistent early on here as you thought he would be? I really believe that he would, and and I just think he's playing with a lot more confidence this year than he did a year ago. Uh, I think when he makes a mistake out there, he knows it. I think he's become more of a coachable kid. I think that was the knock on him last year that sometimes he didn't react very well to tough coaching at, at times. Um, but I, I think he's established himself now to the point where he, he can take uh, the heat, so to speak, when he's not doing something the way they want him to do it. He's been told before. And uh, and now it's not it's it's I think he understands that. And I think I just think he's grown up a lot. I think he's matured a lot over a year. I um is what I thought last year to this year. I thought last year and maybe it's because you're new and you're a freshman or whatever. I thought there was a lot of times he was standing and watching Trace work. And then you don't get that this year. I think both he and Ware look very compatible on the interior together this early on. Yeah, I think that's exactly right. And they're both scoring at a high level at this point. Uh, they're not taking a bunch of crazy shots to do it. They're just doing the right things out there from an offensive perspective. Uh, Xavier Johnson going down last night could be a little bit troublesome. I yeah. think that's that's always a problem. <laughs> a guy like him, and I thought where they missed him most last year was the defensive end of the floor because he can disrupt things big time uh, for other teams from a defensive perspective. And uh, if he's missing for this game against Connecticut, uh, 
uh, it's going to be a tough scenario, I think. But at the same time, it gives Gabe Cups another opportunity, which this kid, every time he's been called upon, steps up. He just hasn't sh- he hasn't shot a lot of shots at this point, but he's run the offense, I think, very effectively. And he and X together have worked very well together, too. So the combination of those two guys being out there at the same time, I think, is an experiment that, that Mike Woodson's very happy with. Any word on Xavier? I have not heard a thing, and obviously they won't tell us anything yeah. until we get to the ballpark on on Sunday, probably, or I'll, I'll, at least that's what I'll. I may learn it Saturday night when I get to to the Westin in New York City. <laughs> now you got to go on your own. I'm assuming, right? You're not going, right? You got to go on your own. No, we're going. We actually, uh, we're you know, Eric's going with the team, and they left this afternoon or late this afternoon, or maybe leaving right now. He is with the ball club, but uh, Jake and I will be headed out there. And, and John, of course, uh, will be headed out there on a private plane tomorrow uh, with one of our donors. Well, hold on a minute. Hold the phone here. <laughs> what is this? What is this private jet stuff right here? You're getting it's to more really, the G6, huh? It, it's really cool. <laughs> <laughs> Would that be uh, somebody cool. synonymous with a private jet in and around the Monroe County area? Um, I can't explain to you exactly what you're asking for. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I'm asking for. <laughs> I do. I know exactly what you're asking for. Therefore, you're not getting an answer. Oh, crap. Darn it. <laughs> I'll, I'll find out if the guy doesn't care. But See, I mean, let's, point, just, I don't know. let's just say, for example, if, if that were anybody else, there's no way that's happening. All right, they're getting on. They're coming back up to Indy, getting on the flight and flying through Philadelphia and getting. I mean, no, that's that's you. That is what you bring to the table right here. Like, and and I I, I respect Jake for riding your coattails on this one. <laughs> All I can tell you is it's a nice connection to have. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes it yeah, is. We're flying out right after the ball game from Bloomington, so. Yeah, it'll be, at least we'll at least we'll get there on Saturday evening and have time to go get lunch. Yeah, get those wheels up over the treetops too while you're at out there. <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> make sure, make sure you get those things up. No, that um, that'll be good. I'm curious from what you've seen so far with this IU basketball team uh, at three and zero and playing off of last night. What's your mind of expectations with a team like UConn, the defending national champion that still was loaded last year and comes back, even with some injuries loaded again this year with Danny Hurley? Yeah, I mean, I, this is a really good basketball team. There's no question, but they haven't played anybody either. Uh, they're they're 3-0 and at this point without having played anybody, but they've looked a lot better doing it than Indiana has at this juncture. But my, my hope is, is what we see is progress. My hope is that they, they get some of these problems that they're dealing with solved, that they don't give up a bunch of three-point shots because I think this team is capable of knocking down a bunch of those as well. Uh, it's going to be a test for Khalil Ware because he's going to go up against a 7-2 guy when he supposedly is just 7-foot. According to, according to Mike Woodson, sometimes he's 7-3. But I think he's counting his hair on top of that. So at any rate <laughs> – yes. um, uh, but it will be an interesting game because Ware is going to go up against a, phys- a physical specimen here. This guy's weighing about 285, I think, something like that. Klingon is his name. And he played some last year, and I was impressed with him. Um, so Khalil's going to have a real test in this ball game, and I'm interested to see how that plays out as well. How many games have you done in your history at Madison Square Garden? Oh, gosh, I haven't, I haven't, I haven't have to go back and start counting those, but a bunch. I yeah. mean – 
we played, I think the first time I was in the garden was um, back in the day when we played uh, St. John's uh, at the garden back in that, uh, was it a holiday festival or something back in those days and back in the seventies. Um, yeah, I think that was the first time I was in the, at the garden and we sat up in the, in the hockey press box for that game. It was so high up. It was almost ridiculous. I need almost needed binoculars to see the game. Right. Right. But we played there. We played there over the years, probably at least 10 times, maybe 10, 12 times. Um, This is an interesting dynamic, too. And with New York, because, you know, Mike has been there before. And and this is what I have noticed, because you will occasionally get from from those, you know, those in the limelight, those stars that follow the Knicks, you will get if IU does something well or Mike Woodson is mentioned, you get people saying how much they still enjoy the time when he was coach in New York. That's that's one thing that doesn't always happen. It seems like that he is still pretty well embraced inside Madison Square Garden and, and with New York from his time there. Yeah, I think that's true. I, I do. I, I agree with you. And I think Mike still loves to go back there. And he really enjoys the, the, the chance to see old buddies and people that he knows and that kind of thing. Um, and I, I think he does have a great reputation in New York. I think what he did there as a coach was pretty good. It just wasn't good enough. You know what I'm saying? I yeah. mean, at the NBA level, it's it's got to be something special or you're gone uh, after a certain amount of time. And uh, But I do. Th- I think he spent their time as an assistant coach as well. So Mike's been, been in New York several different times and obviously – uh, is beloved by a lot of those folks. It's uh, UConn, Indiana, Texas, and Louisville, the uh, semifinals of this. And again, on Monday, you get a championship game, and then uh, you get the uh, always wonderful yeah. consolation game, the third-place game. Ugh, <laughs> remember they used to do that in the Final Four? <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. I remember it. <laughs> Aren't you glad you never had to be a part of it? Uh, yes, I am. I'm quite glad. Yeah, the consolation games, especially in an NCAA championship. Yeah, yeah, that that means nothing. That absolutely means. I was nothing. Trying to think, the consolation game in in '81, it was LSU and Virginia. No, uh, I think that's right. Yeah, I LSU and Virginia consolation right. game of yeah. of '81. Because so, I'm trying to think back uh, when we played in '76. I think the consolation game was Rutgers and UCLA. It was, yes, it was. Man, I, I watched that obviously with the Bob Knight passing. I watched again the '76 national title game, and what I often forget is how rough of a first half IU had against that oh, Michigan yeah. team. Yeah. I mean, Bobby Wilkerson went down, I think, about 10-minute yep. mark or something like that. Um, and with the concussion, or at least that we didn't know at the time what he had, but they took him to the hospital. And I think they had a brace around his neck and all that kind of stuff. And we were all scared that, that he'd really suffered a serious, serious injury. Uh, but he had a, a concussion, I guess, is what it turned out to be. And, and so he was lost for the rest of that ball game. And you know, at halftime, it was up in the air. I mean, Indiana was trailing at that point, uh, and Michigan was playing really well. But they came out in the second half, and it was like a buzzsaw. <laughs> yeah, it was, and it was it was a buzzsaw of, and this was typical for that time, and so many of those teams, a buzzsaw of execution is what it was. Yes. I mean, because exactly. you had you had Britt. And you had you know Green and Hubbard for Michigan, and he had so much athleticism right there. And you had with IU too, but you had just incredible execution. That may have been one of the most executed 
to the highest degree Habs a basketball that was ever played by IU right there. Well, I can't, I can't argue it. I mean, I mean, I wouldn't argue that at all because that second half was a, it was literally uh, if you were, if you were watching basketball and you wanted to take a, you wanted to take a half of basketball and show kids exactly what execution looked like. That was it. You take that, that would be it in a heartbeat. It was a clinic. Yeah. Yes, it was a clinic. Exactly. Michigan State, Indiana, you're prepping for that right now. And you know what? It was so profoundly disappointing last Saturday. It was right there. And defensively, you were just looking for, hoping for a stop, and it just never came in a very winnable game in Champaign. Well, the, the, the saddest part was you gave up your best offensive performance of the year. It turns out to be, you know, it turns out to be the best offensive performance they had this season from a yardage standpoint. And the performance by Brendan Soresby was really good. Another step up the ladder for him. And so your offense did what it had to do in this ball game, or most of what it had to do in this contest, but it didn't do any good for the defense to even be out there because they look at most of the time like they weren't. I mean, there were five plays given up for 300 yards in that game by the by the IU defense. Mm. That is just unbelievable. Yeah. Um, and Tom Allen told me that on Wednesday night at the talk show, and I, I had to realize that. But he said we had five plays that gave up 300 yards. I said, I said, uh, have you still have you get, is your handkerchief wet mm. with the tears that are flowing? Because man, I mean, that's just unheard of. But. You know what? Uh, the defense held them in the Penn State ball game. They, they helped win that ball game. Certainly did the job in the second half. On Wisconsin giving up only 36 yards in that half. Uh, I got to give them credit. That most of this year, and I shouldn't say most of it, but a good half of this year, they have played pretty well much of the time. They've given up some big plays in other games, too. The Louisville game in the first half, then shut them out in the second half. I mean, they play, they've had some really good defensive performances, and I thought the last two weeks would have said this defense is going to hold us in this contest and it's going to be up to the offense to win it. But in this particular case, it was the offense that got the job done and the defense just did not. It's uh, no doubt. See if you can get that right against Michigan State. A very winnable game tomorrow, too. I did want to ask you this. You mentioned Soresby, who's obviously solidified under center for that team. I think we're working on something really, really good here with Donovan McCullough. You agree? No doubt. I mean, he's gotten better. He just, it's, it's kind of like, uh, it's a microcosm of what Soresby done. He got, Donovan got better last year as the season went on, but you didn't notice him as much because they couldn't get the ball to him. Uh, it, it, we had several quarterbacks that struggled, uh, if you remember. I do. <laughs> Connor Bazelak, obviously, yes. being the first and who played the most. But, uh, but there were just some real issues with the quarterbacking last year, too. Uh, then Dexter Williams comes on and, and did more with his legs than he did with his arm. Uh, and it was disruptive for those teams that we played late in the season, obviously Michigan State being one of them with Indiana's comeback in that contest. And then uh, the Purdue ball game up until Tre- uh, Dexter went out with that injury to his knee. And obviously from that point on, uh, Purdue took over the ball game. But uh, up to that point, I think Indiana had Purdue beat. Unfortunately, it didn't come to fruition because of the injury with Williams. So at least we didn't get a chance to see what could happen. At any rate, long story short, um, right now I think Donovan McCulley has established himself as a go-to guy with this ball club. And it's really nice to see because he's a great kid, a great young man. 
uh, obviously a Lawrence North product and has taken over, you know, was the quarterback his freshman year, uh, you know, just got bludgeoned out there because the offensive line couldn't block. And uh, then he decided to go to the receiving side of things uh, his sophomore year. And he's just gotten better and better as each season's gone on. And obviously in the last several ball games, he has just been spectacular. You know, and the thing that we know, he's athletic. We know that he is talented. And then I think when you get those that actually know and can tell the difference, when those that look at him and have studied that start talking about his, his route running and that precision, that's where you know that he is different than others we're talking about. Oh, yeah. And and the thing that I like best about him, he is one of those receivers that will he, – he's a contest guy. In other words, when the ball's thrown, he is always going to be in the hunt to grab it, and whether the defensive guy is in perfect position or not because of his size at 6'5". He, he has a little bit of advantage over some of those guys. And then when he catches the football – you're not going to catch him if he, unless if he's got a three or four yard head start. I don't think you can catch him because he's got speed on top of that. Well, it's the voice of the Hoosiers, Don Fisher, coming up tomorrow. That's tomorrow morning, 11 a.m. for the pregame show. Noon that kick on 93 WIBC, and then he's off to the Monroe County Airport for a little private jet with bottle service all the way <laughs> nonstop to New York City. A little bottle service on your G6 right there. So that's nice. Um, and then let me get this straight. One o'clock with a noon pregame on Sunday, mm-hmm. ninety-three yeah. WIBC, and then it, 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 for whatever it's worth here, it, it, say no third place game stuff. All right, no three thirty pregame in the afternoon on Monday, four thirty tip. All right. Well, I have nothing to do with whether that's going to happen or not. <laughs> All I can do is take care of business it, no matter what time it is. I know. And if we do have a 3.30 pregame, it means a 4.30 tip. And if we don't, if we do have a 7 o'clock tip off, it's going to be a 6 o'clock pregame show. So, are you flying back on the private jet? No. Oh. No. No. We're, we're actually flying back with the team. we got to give you round-trip service on that, though. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, it works out nicely because I probably wouldn't be on that plane if we were going to have to come back on that plane as well. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait. I had to go down there. I had to go down there tomorrow after you uh, when you're getting ready to take off and like get out in the woods there and like wave some flares at you. <laughs> <laughs> we'll think they're we'll think they're missiles coming at us. Yeah. Plane. Hey, speaking of the woods, I talked about this yesterday. Some numb nuts was like burning stuff uh, on my mom's property and set my mom's property on fire. So yesterday, yes, they had seriously they had nine fire engines down there. We had uh, oh Taylor Township, we had Center Township, and then it was close to Crane of the base. So they they sent the entire fleet out there, right? Like it's emergency. <laughs> So, <laughs> well, that that's amazing in itself. Oh, uh, and, and nobody got hurt. Right? Nobody, that's nobody got hurt except my voicemail because it's got nothing but like thirty seconds of nonstop f bombs from my mom on it right there. It was like I did it. <laughs> <laughs> oh my heavens! It is. I wish I could play that on the air. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was something but everything is okay we got some charred charred land right now but uh, everything yeah. is okay 
Just a little Tourette's problem, huh? I'll tell you, man. Some. And then guy was burning. You know, you get a, band, a burn band day and the wind and all that and up in the woods with all that dryness and some numb nuts is like burning leaves way up there. So I don't know what's going on. So he may have to have his ass whipped. <laughs> Do you hire that out? Um, I, I think I have plenty of help around there that would help me. So I think we're I good. Got you. Yes. I got you. Yeah. Do I hire that out? I probably. I would. I'm not above it, is what if you're asking. No. Not above it. <laughs> All right, buddy. Safe travels. We'll be listening tomorrow, then on Sunday and on Monday again, Don. I appreciate you. Thanks, John. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Injection, Mike Wells. Um. Uh. <laughs> Ooh. Ah. Uh. I gotta say, hey, this is one of the one of the boys and men songs that I can't say I know the word all the words to. No, that's I okay. This this is their 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 sexy like you know, freak me, H Town, knocking boots effort right here. This is not the, you know, the the hearts, candy hearts, and Valentine's Day of I'll make love to you and all that. that want bend a knee, right? This is like the yeah. the R and B sexified boys to men version right here. This is that. Cl- this is close the curtains, light the candles, mm-hmm. make the room make the room pitch dark, close the deal. You've already, you've already you've already been on bending knees, and you know there's no end of the road because you were you were about to be all about that ooh and on up in the bedroom on this song of boys. Is that Sean Stockman that goes injection, fellas? No, hey Sean, hey, John, hey, Sean Stockman's the skinny brother. Oh, uh, I thought he was. Is not yeah. the deep voice one? No, injection, no, he's not fellas. The deep voice Yes, he's like, yeah, he's like injection. All right, Charles, you got you damn, you damn skippy about that. And by the way, I don't know if this has been announced. I don't know if I'm allowed to say it, but I believe there's, uh, I believe Daymar is having uh, boys to men at their uh, March uh, gathering, their function, privately having really? boys to men there. That's pretty cool. Man, yeah. hey, I got this is the day I wish we had our favorite four foot one. Redhead in, in uh, on site with you were in studio today, man. Have you seen Have you seen Chris Hagen's tweet today? Oh, I know, I know. He's uh he's uh he's loading up, right? He's uh, now is there has there been a response because the CH? I uh, was is he going to get a response from the AC? Man, I I I don't know, but it was. I can't believe my guy. Listen, he has <laughs> definitely he has definitely taken some cheap shots. He took it to a whole new level today, man. I know, I, I saw mean, it. Not, 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 not only having students talking about they want a planner, but he went from being Chris Hagen or Chris or Hagen, the CH out there. I was like, oh, my God. Let's just say that tweet has made its way around our group chat uh, with, with the coach writers. Oh, really it, now? It, 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 it has made its way around, and people are talking about it. I'm I believe- like, oh, my 
Clearly, our, our boy Hagen has been holding on to receipts for a while, evidently. I think. I, yeah, I think so. And then I, when he was in Germany, I was there. Um, there was a similar tweet that AC put out there that Hagen had had, and then the gloves were off. I think after that, right? I mean, not only did he put it on Twitter, he put it on Instagram too, man. And then he actually he put the tweet out there. And talks about how Fox 59, CBS 4 were over in uh, Germany, and he made sure to put on, only in all caps. I mean, <laughs> you talk about there's a lot of pettiness out here. Our boy Hagen has put the capital P in petty in the TV war in this town. Yeah, you know what? And I, I feel it's it's okay to say this too because I often talk about and laugh about when uh, Dave Calabro and that, Dave when Dave Calabro and Whitley went at it. That was the last really good local talent fight although there was no social media i don't think back then so we didn't get it there but this is ac and ch chris hagan right now i'm i'm here for it how about you i'm here for it i'm ready oh my god i, I think hey hagan probably did this one on purpose today because he knew he wasn't going to be in studio or, <laughs> or, or on location because we would have spent the full 20 minutes discussing this yes event. we would have and, and i just looked at his twitter page he's got the tweet pinned at the top of his page not just tweeted you got it up to pinned so anybody who looks at this page you can see that first so you can go and check it out it's it's a video he put together right and the the winner got a planner yes today. because <clears throat> which i right, listen i uh, i know the folks in brownsburg have been very very happy in recent years because they didn't get a planner they got the banner. The banner. Yes. <laughs> up in up in high school gym. So um I might need I might need to swing by the coach facility next Wednesday because <laughs> uh I'm I'm on I'm on Thanksgiving break from IU. Yeah. And I have nothing to lose. I might swing through because that might be the only day of the week outside of game day that um Hagen the the C H and A C yes. will be in the building. And I might need to go up in that bad boy and um and do some teasing up in there. I am. Ain't, 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 ain't none, none of the wrestling reporters going to mess with those guys about it. So I may have to pop in for that. Or no, no. Ask Matt Coffey for a, a credential for the next home game. Well, and, and let's face it, too. I mean, we're we're both OG enough, right, to where we can bring it up. Like the the younger dudes around that wouldn't bring it up, but we're I think we're oh, OG no. enough to where we can bring it up. And, and the, the way we do it is, we wouldn't sit there just blatantly ask about it. I mean, I would just suddenly make a comment like, man. AC, who won the banner last week? Hey, CH, you won the planner last weekend. <laughs> <laughs> Let them go from there. How will they take that at Wish, you think? Because you've worked over there before. I don't really know. I don't know them that well, but how would they take that? Listen, I had a hell of a six years over there. In fact, I, I worked at every station in this town except for CH's station just because of the ESPN. Though. But I had a hell of a six years over at Wish. They treated me good, paid me good took care of me and stuff. Uh, but I, I trust me, I, I'm pretty sure they're not happy about it over there. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty I'm pretty sure they're not happy about it. If I have to make the assumption off of it. Sweet. I hope we can stoke the flames here today. That's what I'm hoping. <laughs> can we do that? Stoke the flames. Oh, trust me. I'm about to send a group text to you and Hagen and tell Hagen to turn, turn on the show. 
Hey, Mike Wells joins us at ESPN Radio. You probably saw the news regarding Joe Burrow. He is done for the season. If you look at the remainder of the Colts' schedule and the quarterbacks they face, he was the only one on there when healthy, certainly, that you thought was anything eye-popping. How winnable do you believe the rest of this schedule is? And now, how winnable is that Bengals game compared to what you thought it was with a more healthy and active Joe Burrow, which clearly he won't be done for the season? What's wild is, I mean, and, and you know, I mess with Mike Cap about this because Chap he texts us and I put my Homer hat on. It's not un- un- unrealistic for the Colts to be in position to potentially make the playoffs. Uh, you know, especially do when you look at the remaining part of this, their their schedule, the quarterbacks they're going to face. I'm not going to say I'm I'm not ready to say they're going to make the playoffs. I'm not putting it out there. Uh, but the good, what I like about it is the door's not shut on the Colts season. Uh, I agree with that. I I completely agree. Yes. If you're a Colts fan, you're sitting here like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. We got got something to want to watch the rest of the season. Now you you sit there and say, all right, hopefully Gardner Minshew can get get it going. Because think about this. They have what, Baker Mayfield, Will Levis, Jake Browning, Kenny Pickett, who I think I'm not going to lie, Mike Thomas should be coach of the year right now, what he's done with that. Their offense stinks, but they are still uh, winning games. Then you got Taylor uh, Heineke or Desmond Ritter, Aiden O'Connell, and C.J. Stroud, the best rookie, the best rookie quarterback in the NFL this season. It is there. It, it's not. It's not unrealistic. Uh, I'm not sold on the Bucks. I, I, I'm not sold on the Bucks. Tennessee is Jekyll and Hyde. Man, it wouldn't it be great if Bill Belichick got fired and Mike Vrabel became the Patriots coach. But anyway, on a different note, we know yeah, that's not that's not out of the realm. I mean, he may just leave on his own here. If he wants, you know, gets forced out, but leaves on his own. And, you know, Vrabel would, I would think Vrabel would be among those in the mix. Would he not? No, he would definitely, he would definitely be in the mix, in my opinion. So I think we have one, two, three. Mm-hmm. I say, I think, sh- I think the Colts should win at least four of the remaining one, two, three, four, seven games. And if that's the case, you're looking at a, what, a, a uh, nine and eight record. Yeah. Which is better than what I thought. I didn't think they'd win. I, I didn't think they'd get over the six and a half Vegas odds on the over under set before the start of the season. So uh, this is uh, are, uh, better than what I thought. Are, they've, they've, they've already reached their win total that I predicted. I said five, and, and look, they won five games with basically without Anthony Richardson the entire season. For the most, you also say yeah. this has just been a watch of a rookie year for Anthony Richardson. So it has been. It's been. A positive for them. So, with, with that said, let me ask you this: yeah. No, Anthony Richardson. They're sitting at five hundred under bye week. How much credit do you give? How much is it just a player? How much is it? Did you got to give credit for a rookie head coach and Shane Steichen? I, I will say this: uh, there have been moments. There have been moments for Steichen. Uh, there have been moments for the players. Even Minshew's had a moment or two. But I also think that what we're looking at. And those final games on this schedule, it, it, I think this has been where they are right now, a lot of the product of the schedule. Would you not agree? I mean, consider these last two wins. Reasonably speaking, against really a lot of other teams in the NFL, neither one would have been, considering the type of offensive production the Colts got in both the Carolina and the Patriots game in Germany. So I think right now it's about a product of the schedule 
And that's why I don't mind if the rest of the way it's a product of the schedule. I just want to see them, and I think they should, with the way things look right now, keep us entertained, keep us interested, and then just see what you have. Because this is a rebuild and a reboot, and I've always said this, there's not a damn thing wrong with winning games during this. We'll worry about April's draft in April. Worry about winning games right now because it's been few and far between over the years around here. Yeah, this this is great. Like I'm, I'm like, man, uh, I'm close to like, man, I don't have to get rid of my tickets. I don't have to try to sell my tickets though because they can be going into that final game of the season against um, CJ Stroud and the Texans with a chance to get a wild card spot. And you know, let's be realistic. You know, they, they get beat Miami would be it would be very tough. Obviously, we know what Kansas City has out <laughs> yeah. there right now. Um, beating the Baltimore Ravens twice in the season. I think that would be very tough too. So we're not sitting, you know, we should put on. We're not sitting and saying, "Oh my, this team is a legit playoff contender." If they get in the postseason, they got a chance to make a run. No, that's not the case. But it's more about what this franchise has gone through the past two seasons with Carson Wentz and Matt and Matt Ryan, and the headaches they've had with that. And just Saturday, they should be happy. But it, the fan base should be happy that they're in this position. Jonathan Taylor is starting to get going. Overall, the offense is not very good. They got, they got. It's clear some holes they got to address. Uh, it's great to see what Zaire Zaire Franklin is doing this season. Um, you know, the writing on, is on the wall for their, for Shaq Leonard and his career. But still, I'll take where this team is at right now, a week before Thanksgiving, than what I thought they would have been when the season started. Looking at what they have remaining right now, if they don't make a significant run to make the postseason, if they're not there here on out for the season, at least in the running, in the conversation to make the postseason? Is this going to be disappointing? Do we change the overall look of what this season is about, especially now with the backup quarterback? Uh, actually, can you repeat that repeat again? No, if they, if they – let's just say, for example, they lose some games here down the stretch that we believe, looking at it right now, they shouldn't. Um, should there be a level of disappointment there? Should people be disappointment or disappointed if they're unable to to be relevant and in the mix toward the end of the season with the schedule we see? Uh, Oh yeah, I, I think. Oh yeah, I, th- I think people should be disappointed if you if you think about it. Like, cause, hey, they basically. I look at the the, the cold schedule. The playoffs is sitting on the, the playoff. A, a chance to be in the playoffs is sitting on a silver platter. I know I'm being greedy, buffet style, because you know the, the people are gonna say, "Well, they've already overachieved. The rookie quarterback is not there, and everything." And but I just think you got to look at it like, hey. The schedule is sitting there for them. The teams they're facing with the quarterbacks they're going to face, they have to pounce on this one. They have to do it. And if they don't, if they're not in position for a playoff spot, it's, it's not. It's not looking. I think there should be disappointment, in my opinion. Should it be, do you look at their schedule and believe that they they should win out or win almost? Let's just say a couple of games. I, I think that that's to me still too robust to bring up because I frankly don't think they're that great. I just put all of this on the fact that the schedule is conducive to believing they can win these games. But I just I don't know if you can count on them to do that um, enough times, I guess, to make the postseason. Is that fair? A fair assessment of this? Yeah, it is. I mean, listen, they, they went across the pond to Germany and scored 10 points. So what was, what was yeah what was the final score? 
or would they score? Ten to six. Ten to six. They went across. They went across the pond and scored one touchdown. So, as excited as should be, there there's still issues on this team. There's still. I mean, you got Gardner Minshew who can't. You know, who who still, who is still turnover prone. I mean, uh, T.J. Watt and company and the Pittsburgh Steelers are like, oh my god, I can't wait to get him out there. You never know if Derrick Henry's going to get off. Will Levis may have a great game. Baker Mayfield might, might go back to looking like Baker Mayfield early in the to clean around. So it's not a given. But it, it, I'm just I'm rolling with the big O right now. I'm just rolling with optimism. There should be optimism right now. No, you, you, and if you're you're able to, that Houston game at the end of the season may turn out to be absolutely massive, uh, unlike it was a year ago against the Texans to close out the regular season. At five and four. And by the way, C.J. Stroud has been absolutely outstanding. Should he be mentioned as far as the MVP race is concerned with the numbers he's put up as a rookie? I mean, if the Texans going to win a few more games, yes. Definitely. Think so I just, I just love it. I love it because, listen, you and I talked about it um, going into the draft. We talked about it after the draft and everything. The history of Ohio State quarterbacks struggling. Um, I, I, I think C.J. Stroud is definitely – Shaking off that notion that, you know, Ohio State quarterbacks can't play in the NFL. What he's doing is unbelievable. And if I'm Frank, if I'm Frank Reich in the front office of the Carolina Panthers, I'm like, damn, we really screwed that one up. We had the number one overall pick, and we screwed it up and took the wrong player. This Browns game, Colts fans will reflect on that for a long time. Yeah, no doubt. Really, the Rams game, too, but more so than anything else, the Browns game. Because the Browns right now are still in the mix. Um, but obviously, their situation without Deshaun Watson moving forward and Dorian Thompson-Robinson you know, now being their quarterback would leave them you know, wide open for a trip down the stairs. And then you got Houston in front of you right now if you're the Colts in the hunt, which is something you can still take care of. And you've already knocked off once. So their situation is right there in front of them. I mean, it truly is. And now you add in Joe Burrow being done for the season and making that game on the road more winnable. You do kind of have to ask yourself, even if you're a non-believer with that schedule, why not? Yeah. Oh, so, okay, here, I'm, I'm going to put you on the spot with yeah. this one. Do you want the Colts to make the playoffs? Oh, of course. Just, yeah. Absolutely. Yes. I'm so sick and okay. tired of being non-relevant losers around here. <laughs> Seriously, I want to talk about somebody winning, somebody surprisingly being a winner, and I don't give a damn about the April draft and where they are. We'll worry about that at that time. Yes, I want to see these guys. And really, it's also for the team, Mike. Because these guys do work their ass off. So to see it pay off and to go back and all the times that everybody around here was told what was going to happen and, you know, all the quotes about how things are going to change and be great and never living up to it, to me, it makes it even more magnified a special situation when nobody thought it could be this way. And it is. So absolutely, absolutely for this group. Is this a, are these the final um, – how many games they got left, 10? Are these, are these the final seven games of Shaqlin Shack, career with the Colts? Yes, I believe so. I don't see how that is, is going to get any better. And do you feel bad? Um, I, I guess maybe you say you don't feel bad. I don't know how you feel. But for him 
he's just never going to reach that point as he was the year before last. And I think a lot of that is to do with his body and the shape that it's in right now. And certainly with Gus Bradley as the coordinator. And now you see the amount of money he gets paid. I mean, there's no way I think they're going to do that without a change, of course, monetarily, which I don't think he's going to accept. Thus, I think you take on the dead cap money hit. And we're probably watching the final games of him here. And then they'll end up, you know, giving some money to Zaire Franklin, I think, and extending him for the future here, too. But yeah, I just, it just doesn't look like Shaquille Leonard is the type of player, you know, even in a different situation and a different defensive coordinator, the type of player. Uh, that he once was because of the situation with his body. I don't think there's any other way to look at it. Yeah, dang. Tough, 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 tough break for uh, Shaq Leonard. I mean, you agree? You think you're watching the final games of Shaq Leonard oh, in a Colts oh. uniform? Oh, without a doubt. The fact that Zaire Franklin was injured and Shaq Leonard still couldn't get on the football field. And, you know, I put a tweet out and said I commended Shaq for publicly voicing his displeasure. And, of course, people looked at it as like, oh, well, he hasn't done anything. No, it was more to a reference that a lot of players like the moan and groan behind the scenes, off the record, they'd rather be sourced and won't put their name behind it and stuff like that. But, no, the last couple Thursdays, uh, Shaq Leonard, the camera's in front of him, and he voiced how he he has not been getting snaps. The reality is he has to play better, but I like it from a journalistic standpoint that Shaq had no problem continuing to talk about it and not – turn it into one of those moments like, oh, uh, I'm not discussing it because the cameras are in front of me. So Mike Wells of ESPN Radio is on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. Again, the Colts get the Buccaneers a week from Sunday as then they return off the bye week. So 7-4 and four, the Pacers get Orlando coming up on Sunday as far as the in-season tournament is concerned. It is a, a win on the road in Atlanta, I believe, on Tuesday, and they will be aut- automatic into the knockout round. And I don't know anything about it. I'm just going to wait to evaluate the in-season tournament when it's over. But the brand of basketball and the winning that has come along with it so far, what do you think about the seven and four Pacers to this point? I'm gonna say right now, I'm just I'm I'm totally confused about the um, completely confused about the intern. They're in Group A of the East, and they're leaders right now. It's very much like the World Cup in soccer. Yeah, I I don't get it. I love the courts, how the courts make up, and more importantly, I love how the Pacers are playing. I love how Tyrese Halliburton is out there scoring throwing dimes and not turning the ball over. It is this team, they can't, listen, they play defense like you and I do, but from an offensive standpoint, they are they are exciting to watch. I love seeing this team. Let's just hope they don't get one of those long lulls at any point in the season because yep. they're on the way. They're, 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 Rick Carlisle has completely changed his approach in coaching, and they're doing things in the right direction. And just think about it. I mean, you could have, you could have a – um, a double playoff team. You can have the IP, Indiana Pacers, and IC, Indianapolis Colts, the way we have the CHs and the ACs going out there together, man. It could be exciting for us. <laughs> yes, I can't wait. To see. What happens when they come together, both covering? That's what I want to see, a little back and forth, like we got with Calabro and Whitlick. I want a little bit of that, a little bit of tension. I want them to bring man. the tension to the room. Hey, if I were a betting man, they're not going to say anything to each other, man. I, I, I bet you you'd have more like the camera guys getting into it than the uh, actual, actual um, uh, reporters trying to get into it. But 
I'll get a play-by-play from our media boys if something yeah. were to happen, man. It is one thing to just send it out via Twitter or X. It's another to put production value behind it, as Hagen did. That's impressive. I hope I hope he gave the camera guy some overtime <laughs> pay and everything for going in because he really he put thought into it. You know there was a script behind it, probably. Oh yeah. He said, yeah. "All right, we're, we're going. We are going to really, really make this a nice little production deal." And it is clear that uh, he hired hired some uh, young students. Hopefully, he paid them well. Hopefully, yeah. Hagen gave him some of that one point six million dollars a year he makes. And I made it worth these young gentlemen's time. For those that may not know, it's Chris Hagen and Anthony Calhoun. Not so much Anthony Calhoun. They're they're kind of having. I don't know if we'd call it a back and forth, but there's uh, there is some squabble territory going on right here, and we're here for it. I'm here for it. And then Hagen most recently fired uh, the latest uh, shot heard around the Twitterverse and here in Indianapolis, I guess. Whatever that means. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> hey, well, brother, hey, you have a great yeah, Oh, you got to go? Wait, wait, you're not going to mention 33? Where's Miles Turner? Come on, Miles. Nothing from you? <laughs> you did you hey, see that the script was flipped in the fourth quarter against Embiid? Why are we not all celebrating this? Well, listen, I, I know you celebrated for everybody. Oh, hell of yeah, I did, uh, man. Hey, by the way, man, um, I am coming in studio tomorrow morning to do my uh, ESPN radio show. So oh, yeah. Can you leave leave me a beverage or two in Where, studio? What the hell are you uh, doing? Where's he doing that? <laughs> we got studio. Uh, like we got everybody's merging together here at uh, at Urban One and Radio One. We have everybody merging together in the indie market. So I was trying to think where uh, you're doing that. I don't know. I got some instructions. That yeah, I'll be down. I'm on ESPN Radio from ten to twelve tomorrow. Um, looking forward to new. Doing that, but yeah, if you got any beverages you want to leave or whatever, just let me know. Let me tell you, my, where you, where you got my man, get? my man, my desk up here, and you will easily note that it's my desk because it looks like a liquor store. So, yes, it has all that. Just go up there, grab yourself a bottle of Larceny Bourbon or Evan Williams, maybe a little bit of Elijah Craig. Got some uh, uh, Luna Zul tequila up in there, too. Grab grab yourself a bottle, take it home, and uh, if you need it on the air, you need it on the air. If you don't, if you want to wait and take it back to Brownsburg, celebrate something over there, do it. But uh, it's my desk. You'll know exactly which one's mine. All right, brother. I appreciate it. I got to hit the road with your, with your favorite member of the Wells family. My girl. Ms. Layla and I, we get- we got to be up at Finch Creek in an hour, so I got to fight through this traffic. Get up in there. We'll talk at you. All right, brother. Later on. It's uh, Mike Wells of ESPN Radio. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline each and every Friday brought to you by our 14 Central Indiana Joe Childers Run. CarX locations, carx.com to maintain fall road readiness as the temperatures begin to fall. Bob Lovell's ready for action tonight. Tomorrow night, Indiana Sports Talk with semi-states abounding across the state of Indiana in football. Good afternoon, Bob. Hey, John. How are you? Are you ready to go tonight? Are you geared up? Absolutely, brother. Yeah. Ready to go? Are you kidding me? You win and you're in. That kind of that, that kind of a Friday night. That's 
pretty special stuff, to be honest. I want to start in 6A because I don't know a great deal. They're up there in the armpit in the region, but they're 12-0, and and I think that does speak for itself here. And they squeezed by in the regional last week on the road at Penn 34-33. But other than that, not a lot of close affairs this season for Crown Point. How do they match up with the Rocks up in the region tonight, Bob? I think it'll be a great a great matchup, to be honest, John. Uh, Crown Point has played a, a really difficult schedule, as has Westfield. I mean, there are a lot of similarities. N- number one, the coaches on both sides are tremendous. You're talking about Hall of Fame coaches. Uh, Craig Duzea, uh has had a great success. He's just been at Crown Point for three years uh, after leaving Indiana, coaching up in the Chicago area and then coming back. Uh, for a reason, because the tradition at Crown Point's unbelievable. Uh, defensively, they've been hard to score against, except you know, for last week. But they've been a really solid, solid program all year long. Westfield, the job that Jake uh, Gilbert has done. I mean, John, they they just keep winning. They graduate people, and they keep winning at, at a high, high level. And so, this to me would be a toss-up, kind of a you pick 'em type game because they're that evenly matched. Uh, conditions aren't going to be perfect tonight, obviously. So I'm not sure it favors either team. But I just think that, as you would expect, uh, these are two really, really good football teams. It's uh, Bob Lovell, Indiana Sports Talk tonight. It's going to have you covered on all of this action. Brought to you by your 14 Central Indiana Joe Childers run. CarX locations. Uh, otherwise, in 6A tonight, uh, they like to call it a slobber knocker. Ben Davis and and Center Grove. I, I I don't know this other than it looks like over the course of the season we have seen Ben Davis mature and get better. I know they've had some guys come back from injury, but you combine that with the incredible good fortune and that come from behind win going all the way back to the end of October against Brownsburg. Mm-hmm. I mean, you get a variety of reasons why you should be feeling good if you're a fan of Ben Davis. No question. No question at all. But then, you know, you have to put the brakes on it just a little bit. And this is the team that's won three straight championships. Yes. <laughs> and uh, they are still the champs until somebody beats them. But I think this may be one of the most highly anticipated games it should be, quite frankly. Because it's that good. These are two state championship caliber teams, without question, and um, both great stories in how you look at it. You talked about the, the come from behind last week for Ben Davis. It's just, they've just been what Rashman has done has been incredible, John. I mean, it's his first year there. They've gotten better and better and better each week. They're supremely talented. I think we understand that. They're taking on a, a center group team that 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 system has won three championships. That that system has won, what is it, five overall, yeah. I think it is. They are, uh, they are the gold standard right now in terms of what you're trying to do at 6A. And so you got two teams with great tradition, tremendous coaches, and incredibly talented kids. It shapes up to be a fantastic matchup. I, I've talked about this before, and I've talked about it with Eric. The thing that has always stand out to me regarding what he does 
is having everybody from the first grade on, whenever they pick up their football down there, everybody does the same stuff. There's no surprises by the time these dudes get to high school. They know exactly their responsibilities, exactly what they should be doing. And that's something that Brad Stevens, I remember him saying this when he was the head coach at Butler years ago to me, saying, you know what, everybody in this building talking about Hinkle has to be pushing in the same direction. It has to be that good to win at a level in which we were winning. And that is, you know, over years for Eric Moore. It just always astounds me why everybody doesn't take that similar approach because you don't see it as often as you should, especially considering the results at times when you see coaches go about it in this fashion that stay a long time, the positive results they end up getting. Well, and clearly it's worked. And you, you mentioned this. I mean, he, you think about when he first came in, he was a wing T guy. He was running, they were running the football and, uh, you know, went against the conventional thought at that time. You know, people are spreading it out and throwing it a lot. They continued to run. They've evolved, I suppose is the best word. They'll throw it depending on personnel, but they're still a, a, a very ground oriented team because these types of games this time of year, you have to be able to run the football. And so he, you see his teams evolve over the course of time with one clear, uh, distinct result, and that's they just keep winning. And uh, I think, you're, I think you're right. There's a whole lot to say about everyone being familiar with the system from the time they start playing phantom football over you know, in uh, Johnson County. Everybody's going to be doing the same stuff. And, and it's hard to argue. It's impossible to argue with the success that they've had with it. No, and you get um, nearly 100% belief. I mean, there may be some outliers there, but you, just, you can never argue with those results. You can't. Well, who knows, John? In, our, in, in the culture we live in, you can people want to argue about everything. So you won by uh, 10 points, you should have won by 20. I, I think you if you're going to be listened to, yeah, there's not yeah. a lot to be listened to down there regarding his results. So, yeah. No, it's just, it's just, it's just, how, it's just yeah. how it is. And um, uh, that, that's why this is such an intriguing matchup because these are – Clearly two of the best teams in the state in Center Grove and Ben Davis. He is a Bob Lovell with us in 5A, Bloomington South and Decatur Central. And I mentioned getting on a run. Early in the season, D.C. lost on the road to Whiteland. Uh, right. And they avenged that game last week in the regional in a big way. Are we watching a team on the southwest side of Indy right now, Decatur Township, hitting their collective stride? I think so. I mean, I I think both these teams are in that same situation, John. I think that's what makes it such an intriguing matchup tonight is they've gotten steadily better and better. I mean, all year long, South has uh, been battling out with North. I mean, Bloomington had, you know, for a long, long time in 5A, the number one and number two ranked teams in in Bloomington North and Bloomington South. And then with South beating North in in the tournament, uh, they've beaten some good teams to get where they are. So I think this is a this is a very evenly matched game. Decatur Central has just gotten so much better offensively; they're really, really difficult to contain. So uh, this should be a fun, fun game, no question about this. On the southwest side of town, yeah, you got in in four A. Bob Lovell, by the way, joins us. You start out zero and two if you're new pal against really good competition, uh, but then obviously you have not lost since August the twenty fifth. But you get to head down 74 
and check out an East, Cent- <laughs> East Central squad that has mm-hmm. had ownership um, of the championship the past couple of years. How do you like that matchup? I think it's the best game of the night, to be honest. Uh, I, I, re- I really do. As you mentioned, you know, New Pal had, had a slower start than they like. East Central, it's pretty well chronicled. They won it last year. They're undefeated this year. A lot of those guys are back from last year. Uh, it's not a short drive down to St. Leo or St. Leon, excuse me. And so um, it's it, it's one of those games where both teams are high powered offensively. Uh, they keep you out of the end zone. Uh, they're really, really good. Again, another evenly matched team. I just think that um, you know, in a situation like this. I love New Pal. I love what Kyle Ralph and his guys have done. But you're at the defending champs, and they they uh, they haven't lost a game. Uh, th- that's why this is such a neat matchup tonight. I look at it this way in three A, and Knox is thirteen and zero, and that speaks for itself. But I kind of wonder if they truly understand what is waiting on them here in Chittard. Uh, I, I would I would echo that thought. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I I really would. Yeah. Uh, the Knox story is a great story. Russ Radke, legendary coach at Griffith, surefire Hall of Fame coach. Uh, he's one he's one of the truly great coaches in the history of high school football in our state, and uh, he's turned the Knox program into a, a power uh, in that part of the state. But Shatard is Shatard. You're playing at Shatard. I'm I'm not sure what would be a bigger challenge than what they're going to go through tonight. And so, um, Shatard at Shatard's always been a tough matchup for no no matter who has played them. And uh, I just love what the Trojans have done. Um, Rob Doyle is a fantastic coach. Should be a fun fun game to be in. I just think it'll be a great game though. It's incredible look too. Class A, Bob, fifty. 50- Eighth year at Sheridan for Larry Bud. 58th year, well, and they're as relevant and as good as they've ever been. That That's incredible. And then you look on the other side, too. You go to the southeast side of town, and Lutheran, they have been a staple at this level for a number of years now. Well, they've won the last two championships in single A for a reason. Dave Pash has you know, got a machine there. I mean, they're big, strong up front dominate the line and the, the point of attack on both sides of the ball. There are not enough superlatives, John, for Bud Wright. Uh, not not nearly. An, I'm not sure what more you can say that hasn't been said. He is an absolute legend in, in the coaching profession. His teams are fundamentally sound. They don't beat themselves, uh, which is going to make this a challenge for them tonight because if you turn it over against uh, Lutheran, you're in deep trouble. And so – uh, as much as you'd like to talk about Bud and the – think about this, at his age, he's still able to relate to kids. He's still – they love him. They absolutely adore him, and uh, his knowledge of the game is unsurpassed. But he's been able to relate to people three and four and five different decades, quite frankly, at this high level. Um, we will, I don't think, see very, very many people ever in the rest of – the history of high school football, who can uh, compare with Bud Wright. And that's why it made, this is such a neat matchup because you got the two-time defending champs going against the legend in Bud Wright. 
And you know what? You get to state finals next week, and then you jump right into the girls are already underway. I know they yeah, got some big yeah, games yeah. going on down in Johnson County with the girls. Uh, the the high school uh, Johnson County tournament. The boys are going to get underway. You had a lot of uh, across the state of Indiana yesterday. A lot of scrimmages go on too. Are those secret scrimmages? They're pretty well known, right? They're not secrets. Oh, I pretty, yeah, I, I think they're pretty well known. I wonder, uh, I wonder how my are. Thunderbirds did up here. They came to the woodshed. I think they played a scrimmage against Greenwood, I believe. Uh, I don't know, but uh, I'm sure your birds, you know, I think they'll be good. I, I saw a team picture good. of them, and with all due respect, they look like they're all in about fifth grade. So <laughs> I don't know yeah. don't know what we're talking about down there this year for Jamie yeah, and company. If we find a Thunderbird picture with your ugly muscles, <laughs> you'll, you'll be, look the same way. Yeah, I don't know. They all look like they're in fifth grade because they're about five foot three. Yeah, that was one. So, yeah, I wonder. The problem for the birds is, as you know, down where they are, there's some really good teams. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, and better <laughs> and better. Really good teams. Yeah, good, good and getting better. No, you're exactly right all right buddy you hit the airwaves tonight you get recap tomorrow you got one i believe game coming up tomorrow that i'm sure you're going to recap in a semi-state and then be set for next week looking forward to it i mean i i quite i love basketball everybody knows that you know that but quite frankly uh, football championships on thanksgiving weekend downtown with the lighting of the tree and all the things that are going on that may be one of, if not the best weekends in all of sport, quite frankly. Mm, no doubt about that. All right, my friend, I appreciate that. Have a great night tonight and tomorrow night. Thank we'll do it again next me. week. All right, thanks.